Welcome to Ethereal Underground. I'm your host, TNT, and we're up to episode 37 already. I wanted to get a couple episodes in during this vacation time period. This end of December, January, at least uh, in the United States, everyone's traveling. and I have uh, future guests lined up for interviews, but that'll be after the first week of January. So these next couple episodes, it'll be just me. And so much to talk about. I have outlines of what I think's important and what I want to discuss. In this episode, 37, I want to try to connect the dots as far as geopolitical events, banking, societal control, governments, and what I've concluded, kind of like putting uh, pieces of a puzzle together or using forensic evidence, try to recreate a scene, maybe a crime scene. But there's definitely a transition that's happening, a global transition, let's say a power struggle, because of technology. And what I mean by that is central banks, the banking cartel, a lot of these old families, whether you want to use the term bloodlines or the old money, old family in the Middle East, Asia, Europe, that have the purse strings. They control these central banks. That power structure is being threatened through the advent of technologies. The banking system that we have and others, they're more experts in this field than myself. But just for illustrative purposes, let's say the last... 500-year banking system, like the one coming out of Europe, where you have the trade routes, the shipping, the trade routes, beginnings of uh, older corporations, might be in textiles or dyes, things of that nature. Of course, there's always been a gold and silver industry. But the the 500-year banking model is outdated, and it's been passed up by technology. And these old family lines, this old money, this wealth, they have to make the transition to keep up with the times and keep up with the technology if they want to remain in power and control society, control governments. They're threatened by uh, fintech, especially the advent of the blockchain concept in the white paper, 2009, that gave birth to Bitcoin. A lot of people shy away from studying blockchain, what that's all about. It's easy to make fun of it, to 
smear the technology, try to give it a black eye. But that, I think that really stems from a lack of knowledge and maybe laziness. Most people have not participated in the large learning curve. It takes many hours, hundreds of hours to understand blockchain, fintech, financial technology, autonomous, decentralized, these terms. What does it really mean? How does the technology work? People just are not willing to put the hundreds of hours to get over that learning curve. So they sit back and take pot shots that it's fraudulent, it's a Ponzi scheme, it's vaporware, it's, it's nothingness. There's podcasts, and there's, there's thousands, tens of thousands. And this, some of them are the same dumbass characters. I hate to use that language, but for the sake of time, I'm going to use it because it fits so well. These morons, idiots, these financial advisors, same faces that you see littered throughout YouTube and podcasts that don't understand it, they're... They're still rowing a ship behind Christopher Christopher Columbus. They're still 500-year banking model because they understand it. They understand gold and silver, stocks and bonds, and real estate, for example. But life has shifted in the credible speed and the complexity, and they're just not willing to jump on board and understand that. The blockchain, there's many layers of the blockchain. I won't get to, into all of it on episode 37. It is so complex and gets into multiple dim dimensions and off-planet, it will blow people's mind. The problem is only a handful of people, don't take this wrong, and let's say if you're listening to this podcast, I'm including you in the handful of people. So this, is, this would be a compliment. All of you listening to this, you're the handful of people, I'll just make this assumption, that you'll understand the complexities of what this really represents. Multidimensional species, transactions, off-planet. That's what Bitcoin represents. 99.99% of the people, if they even want to try to grasp blockchain, they can only think in a single term as far as an asset. Well, if, if if you buy it, hold on to it. If you hodl, hold on for dear life, then it'll grow in value in relation to fiat terms. So someone could say, well, I, I was an early adopter of Bitcoin. I, I bought Bitcoin when it was $100. And I got 10 of them. So I spent $1,000 and I have 10 Bitcoin. Well, if you held on to that 10 Bitcoin with, with speculation, it, it, it bounces around. So as of this recording, it's, say, $17,300. Well, did you do okay if you went from $100 fiat money, 100 U.S. dollars, and it's $17,300? Well, yeah, fiat terms. That's an improvement, isn't it? You, In order to do that, let's say you've had it for nine years. So in nine years, your $100 
went to 17300 So as a financial instrument and investment speculation, they, they think of uh, Bitcoin, digital gold, or as money where you can transact. You don't, there's no third-party intermediary. There's no one between you and your money, so it's much safer from fraud or from banks going under financial chaos, you're eliminating the third-party middleman. Anytime you can eliminate the middleman, it's much more efficient. If you're able to buy, let's say, an automobile straight from the manufacturer and not have to deal with a dealership, a sales manager, a salesman, a GM, it'd be a lot easier process. But keeping it, the, the blockchain, for example, in this conversation, keeping it very simple as far as digital money, you're in control, you can transact outside a bank, you can transact anywhere in the world without permission. Let's stick to the very simple second, third grade understanding of Bitcoin. And remember, 99% of the people on this planet, they, they don't even have this third grade understanding. So they're really behind the curve. But this third grade understanding, as I just mentioned, that puts the central bankers and these old family lines in serious trouble because Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, it's very interesting to understand how the Lightning Network has really grown, its original baby steps, and it's maturing the Lightning Network in conjunction with Bitcoin that the whole world's going to be turned on its head when blockchain replaces everything. The design of the blockchain will make governments obsolete, corporations obsolete, lawyers obsolete, accountants obsolete, banking obsolete. It'll make a lot of professions and the structure of society obsolete. It'll completely turn it upside down on its head. So the blockchain, Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, is a much more efficient way of exchanging goods and services than the credit card, ACH payments, debit cards, wire transfers. That's worse than a horse and buggy. The technology is, is ancient. It should be shown in a Smith, Smithsonian, a museum, right? But tech companies, if they can get a hold and establish a durable network, durable network of effect, tech companies will quickly make an end run around all central bankers and all these ancient families that have had power and control for thousands of years. Unless these banking cartel families can get up to speed, they're going to be replaced by tech companies. If you look behind the scenes with uh, Twitter, the acquisition of Twitter and Elon Musk and who Elon Musk represents, it's not him. He's the front man. So who's, who's been behind Elon Musk from the beginning? PayPal, Tesla, Motors. He didn't invent it, but who did he buy it from? Who are the two fellows that really started it? The people behind Elon Musk were who acquired Twitter. It's all about getting Intel streaming information to these supercomputers. The AI com computer, these supercomputers, they get the best 
by the second Intel globally will rise to prominence. But Twitter is already fully functional. It's just a matter of a flip of a switch. Twitter is set up to be a global payment platform, extremely efficient, and could outdo central banks, nation's currencies, and the established financial system. That was the purpose of acquiring Twitter is the fact that it can become a high-tech central bank, put the old school money out of business. It can also feed real-time data to a supercomputer. So you have a Google Vine with their supercomputer. Nike's got a supercomputer. Facebook, Twitter, these super, super TikTok, China, Alibaba, these corporations, it's a race. The world's going to be controlled by 30 or less corporations. They'll own and control everything. They'll tell governments what to do. They'll, they'll crush and obliterate the old banking cartel, these old family lines. This is what's happening behind the scenes. So we're going to see a struggle between the old powers to be, the old central bankers and the government models, and then the threat of these tech companies, crypto exchanges, social media companies, who controls these social media companies and the uh, supercomputers, and then the constant AI feed into these computers. That's the dynamics happening in the background. The Federal Reserve is going to be enacting the Fed Now, which is a real-time settlement platform because they feel the pressure and the heat to get blockchain-type technology up and running now. They can't wait. They don't have a luxury. They can't wait two or five years. It should have been done yesterday, in fact, so they're running behind schedule. So when you see the politics and the media involved and all the chatter going on, most of the human society are clueless. They're thinking it's about free speech or, you know, deplatforming or government agencies had uh, backdoor access to limit speech and affect elections. Yeah, that's all true. But what's really going on behind the scenes is how you control reality, how you control humanity will be the ones that have the top five supercomputers, these AI programs, and have established nodes and a flow network on the Bitcoin blockchain. That's what it's going to boil down to. Plain and simple. So we're seeing a war taking place. People don't recognize what's happening many levels below the surface. But well within 2030, so well within the next seven years, the battle will have been won. So in seven years from now, the corporations that are in complete control will have been solidified. I don't know if they'll be identified. They'll probably still kind of keep that quiet. 
if you know where to look, you'll find those 30 or less corporations that will be controlling the world, and it'll be evident what are the top five AI supercomputers. If you know where to look, it'll be very evident. That's who will control the world and humanity from that point forward. You'll still have governments and corporations, but they'll be like a prop of a Hollywood uh, movie scene where it looks like an, an old town with the sheriff's jail, the saloon, and the hardware store. So based on the camera angles and the actors and actresses, it looks like a western town. But you know, if you just go around the corner, it's all held up with two-by-sixes. It's propped up. They can't be seen with the camera angle. So the governments and the corporations will just uh, be props. They won't have any real power. They'll be under the mastery of these 30 or less key corporations and these five supercomputers. They'll be interfacing with the blockchain, all of human reality, everything that we know it will be on the blockchain, and the ones that have that network effect will be in complete control. Then you get into DNA, human, plant, and animal DNA will be on the blockchain. These AIs will be surveillancing. These corporations will own large portions of DNA. What do you do at that point? It's really bizarre where this, where this is headed. And most of mankind, they don't have the intellect or the desire to do, develop an understanding of where this is headed. They're completely clueless. And I, I see, think that the majority, they choose to be that way. So there, there's no way to wake them up. They, they don't want to be awake. Meaning, understanding the, the bigger picture. So the handful of us that, that see this and continue to get data, get a better view as the puzzle's being completed of what the picture really is, It'll be interesting as far as what are, what are our options? What can we do about this? Is there a way to resist it? Is there a way to remain organic? Can you function outside of this uh, AI virtual reality world blockchain? And if so, what does that look like? My biggest concern is it's going to be very uh, difficult because our reality We've been born and raised in the world, this world uh, matrix, and we've had certain comforts and certain privileges under this world reality that will have to change. That's not going to be easy. And then how long can we function if we're completely shut out, barred from society as we know it's so the majority go one way in this virtual reality, blockchain, DNA-altered AI world, and then these off-the-grid community zones, and would we be allowed to function, or will drones come in, these Boston Dynamic-type bots or drones come in and just end up having a Waco, Texas moment? Because 
that decision was made with a click of a mouse or AI made that decision. I don't know. But there's going to be a lot of changes. All this is within seven years. This is how fast the speed at which the world reality is changing in technology. That hockey stick exponential growth. It's mind-boggling. So I'll leave episode 37 with that thought. Think about that for a little bit. Study a little bit about the white paper, this blockchain. Don't dismiss it. Don't think that it's a joke or it's not going to go anywhere. Don't fall victim to that. Read a little bit about the Lightning Network, how the entire system of things will be on the blockchain. There's no way to avoid it. What's the world going to look like when that happens? Those that know this is the direction, you can see the infighting and the global jockeying for position right now as we speak. It's cloaked, but it's there. They're wanting to have nodes and access through Lightning Network to the blockchain, whoever has the most efficient platform. And these durable network effects will be the global leaders. They will have ultimate power. So look how that's shaping up. I always conclude these shows. The only thing I can recommend is staying organic. I've tried to uh, detach, decouple from this world reality. When that happens, you take a hit in your lifestyle. You take a hit, obviously, of fiat money. You'll take a hit from friends and family. You'll you'll have less in common. You'll probably also has have less friendships and association. It's it's a natural consequence if you decouple. And I think the more that you're able to pull away from this world matrix, the more you're able to be organic, the more you see spiritually, you're in less of a fog, you're subject to less mind control or influence consciously and subconsciously. I think that's going to be a small percentage of mankind that fall in that camp. I think that's the only way to go. And getting in nature is a key, getting grounded and connected to nature. And I'm not saying you have to do this, but one of the strategies I chose is I started simplifying, simplifying my life, getting out of debt, getting, it takes a while. Get in out of debt. No car payments, truck payments, no house payments, no student loans, not taking on any new debt, no large financial commitments. Take care of what I have, let's say vehicle-wise. Well-maintained the vehicle. Get extra parts if they're hard to come by. Get them ahead of time and put them in storage for when it. Find a good mechanic, that type of thing. I... Got rid of TV long, long, long time ago, so I don't have that imprint there. A lot of people like TV or they have it in the background. I'm not saying it works for everyone. For me, it did. 
and uh, did a self-evaluation, self-examination, like what, what's the purpose of life while we're here? And the, the more I did that, I, I became less important of ego, of a plastic and leather superficial version of who I am. And I started to not care how others viewed me. So that was a great burden or relief because I didn't have to have the fancy car, the fancy clothes, the fancy cell phone, or the current trend of footwear. I didn't have to have uh, a, a nice home. I wasn't trying to impress anybody. If I had uh, food, shelter, and clothing, I was perfectly content. So I learned over the years how to be content. And I absolutely, I'm there. There's a baseline stress level that cannot be escaped. The matrix is too powerful while we're in physical form here on Earth. So you still have the minimum of property taxes and your utility bills, food, maybe uh, health insurance or car insurance. Like you can't have uh, get your plates renewed or drive unless you have the minimum liability insurance. So you have to at least have enough earnings and be involved in the world matrix to meet those necessities. And that's what I do. If I can get the necessities covered, I'm not overly anxious. I haven't been for years as far as ratcheting up my lifestyle beyond the basics. Now I have all this time for mental clarity, for spiritual growth, meditation. It also gives me time to study things like the blockchain and lightning network, reading a lot of articles and getting knowledge to see what's happening behind the scene. If I were stressed out with a high debt load and a high standard of living, then to support that, I'd easily be at a, what, a 55, 60-hour work week? And then I would have no time to do this research. I'd have no time to be grounded in nature, meditate, prayer, and understand the non-physical world, the, the spiritual world. So I'm glad I made the right decisions. I don't regret it at all. It's uh, a lot stressful. Just have that basic baseline anxiety, as I mentioned, for the necessities. But th that strategy's worked for me. I can never see myself getting back into the plastic and leather world. Even at gunpoint, I refuse to do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. And then it's just a matter of the war now to remain organic and not be compromised with patented technology that changed my genes. And then as, as they start using that, what's the expression? The iron fist with the velvet glove, <laughs> with that approach as they try to present a beat down, can I withstand the beating that I'm going to take? You know, if I lose my access to banking, and grocery stores, and can't travel or can't drive my car or truck anymore. What's that going to look like and how am I going to deal with it? So that's what's occupying my thoughts now because we're less than seven years away. You, you look at examples of Canada and Australia and New Zealand, that's just a glimpse of what the future looks like. 
anyway, I'll leave it at that. So hopefully everyone uh, can enjoy this time of the year, the weather minus uh, polar vortexes. I don't think anyone, uh, I love winter, but polar vortexes are, I think, tough on anybody. So minus that, hopefully people can enjoy this winter season if you're in uh, states where you have a winter. And uh, wish everyone well. Remember how to take care of your health and what what you need to do there. There's a lot of experts and information on the internet that help build your immune system and eat healthy and exercise. All good ideas, obviously. So now is definitely the time of year where you want to participate in that. So until episode 38, everyone take care.